Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Wednesday, August 18th, 2021. Stand up for your country, especially in these very tough days. I think we'd all agree with that, uh, other than Joe Biden, who really doesn't know what day it is. And, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be snide here, but I am trying to get across to people how serious this is. So let's begin um, with the president's schedule. He got really one thing. Uh, He made remarks in the afternoon about COVID. Uh, Booster shots are coming. No surprise. Um, And, uh, you know, okay, booster shots. The anti-vaxxers aren't going to get them because they don't want to get any shots. But those of us who are vaxxed, I'll get the booster shot. You know, and I make my decision um, based on data. That's what I make all my decisions on. Now, sometimes I have a gut reaction that goes against the data, and I certainly will take that into account. But in matters of science and medicine, I'm going with the data. And the data proves all over the world that the more people who are vaccinated, the less COVID there is. Simple as that. I'm a simple man. Okay, more vaccinated, less there is. Now, the anti-vaxxers believe, well, it's untested. It's this, that, and it could have side effects down the road. Okay. And that may be true, but public health emergency where uh, millions are dying, you know, I'm going to go with the uh, with the vax. And if I turn into a werewolf in five years, I'll I just have to stay up later on nights where there's a full moon. I mean, that's just the way it's going to be. Um, I don't want to make light of it, but I don't live my life uh, in fear. I never have. And maybe that's foolish. Um, so I'll get the, uh, the booster shot. We'll have more on the COVID uh, coming up. But let's get into um, some very serious stories. I talked to Hanny on his radio program today. Uh, it's a very interesting conversation. And he asked me how I would save Americans and Afghans that are now under uh, the Taliban's charge. I told him very specifically what I would do. Uh, I'm going to uh, let you listen to it because it requires a long explanation, and it's a hypothetical. We don't live in a hypothetical world here on the No Spin News. This is all facts, okay? The hypothetical was what Sean asked for, and I gave it to him. And I backed it up with, uh, listen, I've just finished writing a book called Killing the Killers, The Secret War Against Terrorism. I know how this goes down. And I gave a solution to protect Americans and others uh, now that the Taliban has taken over. So uh, here in the United States, um, the Biden administration, uh, his national security advisor, uh, his secretary of state, uh, I, you know, uh, we didn't really know. And, uh, you know, I couldn't just couldn't really put a finger on it. We're so surprised. And now the New York Times is just turning on Biden temporarily. Uh, they have an article today. Uh, and it uh, basically says, no, Biden was told that this could be a debacle. I'm going to quote it. Classified assessments by American spy agencies over the summer painted an increasingly grim picture of the prospect of a Taliban takeover of Afghanistan and warned of the rapid collapse of the Afghan military, even as President Biden and his advisors said publicly that was unlikely to happen. According to current and former American government officials, anonymous sources, that's what the New York Times does. By July, many intelligence reports grew more pessimistic. 
questioning whether any Afghan security forces would muster serious resistance and whether the government could hold on to Kabul, the capital. President Biden said on July 8th, the Afghan government was unlikely to fall, that there would be no chaotic evacuations of Americans similar to the end of the Vietnam War. So that's the New York Times. Now, the importance of that, if it's true, and again, it's an anonymous source, is that if Biden were told, if Biden was told himself, and this has got to be in classified information, if he's told that this government's going to collapse and then he lied to the American people, that's impeachable. And it's a simple, it's a simple play. Now, there are going to be congressional hearings under oath. That's the only question, by the way. That's it. We know Biden's incompetent. We know he's weak. But if he lied to us in July when his NAT security people were saying, going to go, impeachable. Now, will he be impeached? No. Not now, because the House is controlled by the Democrats. But in the midterms, if the Republicans take over the House and Senate, which I believe they will, then he could be. See? This is ultra serious. What I just told you is the crux of the matter. Did Biden lie to the nation? Was he told that it's likely that Kabul will fall, the Taliban will take over? It's a simple play. Okay. Um, there is now confusion among the left-wing media. So the New York Times is left as it gets. They were cheerleading for Biden over and over and over and over. But they now know that he's a bad president. And now they're trying to cover their butts. CYA. Okay? And that's why they wrote this article. The others are trying to follow suit. Now, I'm going to refresh your memory on Biden and what he said in July. Go. The Taliban is not the, South, the North Vietnamese army. They're not, they're not remotely comparable in terms of capability. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of an embassy in the, of the United States from Afghanistan. It is not at all comparable. Okay, so we now know that was a um, misstatement, okay? Now, maybe he was just wrong. But again, if he were told, then he's in trouble, major trouble. So what does CNN do? CNN has lost all credibility. Their ratings are as low as they ever have been. Nobody trusts the network. So now they're trying to regain a little credibility. Roll the tape. I mean, to hear Jake Sullivan call this the successful drawdown of the U.S. Embassy there, his words, I, I, I mean, is almost comical, right? I mean, I don't see how anybody could call that a successful drawdown, given the circumstances we're seeing there. Okay, so CNN basically has decided, and remember, these, these people don't say stuff on their own. They're told what to say. Um, so they've decided, well, we can't support Biden here in this one. We ignored the border, another humanitarian catastrophe. We ignored that, can't ignore this. But MSNBC has not really gone out of its way to criticize Biden. It's NBC News is further left than CNN, if you can believe it. I mean, it's just stunning. 
It's just stunning that NBC News, the home once of Huntley and Brinkley, and now a totally ideological operation. They're kind of just on the surface. They're not really going in hard. Interesting. Okay, so why is the liberal media turning on Biden? Two reasons. Number one, as I said, CNN trying to regain a little credibility. But number two is what we reported last week, and I'm going to refresh your memory. It's a Washington Post editorial from the 8th of August. All right? Put it up on a screen. For the most part, the administration's impulses are humane. However, they have driven a policy whose incoherence has yielded pressure at the border that may cost the Democrats control of one or both houses of Congress in next year's midterm elections. So far, there's nothing in administration short of long-term strategizing that is likely to shift that dynamic. There it is. There it is. The Washington Post and all the other leftist news operations are afraid of my prediction that I made mm, five months ago, that the midterm elections are going to go against the progressives and Biden. And that's another reason where they're trying to send him a signal, you better do better. But he can't do better. It's not, you see, most people, smart people, can correct their mistakes. They can adjust. They can be nimble. He can't. And now we know that his advisors are idiots across the board. Jake Sullivan, Anthony Blinken, all the generals that he appointed, Miley. They have any credibility for anybody? No. So he can't. Biden can't be better. So how long is this anti-Biden stuff on CNN and New York Times, how long is this going to continue? Up until Labor Day, Labor Day weekend, Friday before. So the story is intense because now you're going to see reports, and you see them today, of Taliban cutting people's heads off, uh, raping women, uh, you name it. They're going to do it because that's what they do. I mean, Taliban are terrorists. That's what they do. So they're going to do it. But remember that Biden is watching it very closely. That they're watching it very closely. You know, watch the Taliban. See what they do. Okay, so those stories of atrocities are going to be another 10 days or so. And they're going to get worse. And the news cycle will... But after Labor Day, then it's going to stop. Then we'll be on to COVID and kids in schools. That's the story that will take away from Afghanistan. COVID, kids, schools. Okay, there you go. All right, let's get on to COVID. As I mentioned, the booster shots are coming. Um, and the mask mandates also on public transportation through January 2022. Biden administration has said if you take a train, bus, passenger vehicle that is uh, Uber or something like that, ships, airlines, you got to wear a mask. Okay. So Reuters first broke this story. It confirmed by the administration now. Mask mandates on public transportation. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not wearing a mask. I, I guess I, if I have to take a plane, I'm going to have to wear the mask or Amtrak or something like that. I guess I'm going to have to do it. But if I have an option, 
I'll drive my own car. Um, I, I just, I really am done with the masks. Just me. So the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, a team that can never really get on track, is demanding that all their fans be vaccinated, but you can get the vax at the stadium. Now, um, if you are unvaxxed and the Raiders, <laughs> I don't know if I really want vaccine coming from the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> so, but anyway, it's the first NFL team. The others will follow. You got to be vaxxed in the stands. Okay, but we'll give you the vax. If you come to the stadium with a ticket and then you got to be masked, you have to, the people that get the shot because you got to get two, uh, they're not J&J. That vaccine is pretty much out the window now. It doesn't protect you enough. So um, the people that you'll see in the Vegas stadium wearing a mask are the ones that are unvaxxed um, or just got the vax. Uh, New Zealand. Now, this is a kind of loopy country down there. Beautiful. Never been there. It's on my list. Uh, so they have one case of COVID, one, since February. And it's a 58-year-old man. And he was unvaccinated. So they found out that he's got COVID in Auckland. This is uh, New Zealand's largest city. And they've shut down a whole country. One. One guy. So only businesses and services deemed essential be allowed to operate. One guy got it. Those, you know, <laughs> it may be bad here, but it's worse in New Zealand. So Texas Governor Abbott, Greg Abbott's got COVID. He took the shot, the vax, on December 22nd, 2020 on live TV. So he's vaxxed. But he got it probably from a uh, political rally he attended in Collin County outside of Dallas-Fort Worth. And uh, he was around a lot of people and he, nobody had masks and he got it. But here's the deal, as Joe Biden would say, uh, he doesn't have any symptoms, okay, or fever or aches and pain, don't have anything. But they test the governor uh, regularly and he has, his wife doesn't have it. So even if it's a breakthrough case and you're vaxxed, you're not on your back or in the hospital. Pope Francis, uh, he is advocating for the vaccine. He said, quote, getting the vaccines that are authorized by the respective authorities is an act of love. And helping the majority of people to do so is an act of love. Love for oneself, love for our families and friends, love for all peoples. So he's basically saying, you know, we got to give the vax to Africa and other countries. And I agree with that. You know, we have to be vaccinated first, but we should be spreading it around. So now uh, the Pope is on board with the vax. It's my reporting here. All right. In other news, um, you know that the uh, southern border remains a catastrophe. Uh, and now a federal judge, Matthew Kosmyrick, Trump appointee in Amarillo, Texas. He's a fed judge, though, um, has said that the U.S. government has to return to the remain in Mexico policy that Biden knocked out by executive order. Now, will this happen? It'll be appealed, the Biden administration will appeal it, but it's a first step. Um, it's Texas, so maybe something's going to happen. Maybe Biden will get slapped down. 
if it gets to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, then of course they, they wouldn't do it because it's all political. All right. Um, now we go on to a very interesting situation. So there is a black conservative group that is urging all American schools to drop critical race theory teaching and adopt a 1776 Unites curriculum. All right, that curriculum basically says that America is a noble country and it celebrates black excellence, rejects victimhood, and showcases the millions of African-Americans who have prospered by embracing their country's founding ideals. Now, this story, and this comes out of the Robert Woodson group, is going to be ignored, totally ignored, by the corporate media because they don't want you to know that there are African-Americans who don't want CRT. And that is a scandal, is that we don't get across the board what's happening. We only get woke stuff. Now, there's a guy uh, on Blaze TV, that's the Glenn Beck operation. His name is Jason Whitlock. We've had him on before. And he's really, really adamant that the woke media is damaging the country. Mr. Whitlock joins us now from Nashville, Tennessee. So you're not surprised that Robert Woodson's group's going to get blacked out by the woke media. You're not, you see this all the time. Why do you think it's happening? What is allowing this dishonesty in the corporate media? Well, as it relates to Bob Woodson and 1776 United and his pushback against CRT, Bill, the left has decided to define African-Americans and our journey as a journey of tragedy. And the only thing they want talked about are tragedies. When you think of black people, they want you to think of tragedies. They don't want to celebrate accomplishments. They don't want to celebrate the fact that black people working with Christians here in America and believers conquered and defeated slavery sacrificed their lives, black and white people, hundreds of thousands of white people sacrificed their lives so that black people could live free in this country. They don't want to tell that story. They don't want to tell the story of what Dr. King and the civil rights uh, movement accomplished. Every other group gets to have their accomplishments celebrated. The left has decided there will be no celebration of black people and our accomplishments. There will only be a focus on isolated tragedies and incidents that portray America in a, bad, in a bad light and portray black people as victims. So, of course, the mainstream media is not going to pick up on but what then Bob Wilson and these guys are suggesting. But then we have to take it a step further. So the corporate leftist media, and that includes the New York Times, the Washington Post, the L.A. Times, the Boston Globe, all the networks, CNN— they want to keep African-Americans angry, angry, okay? Um, and I'm Bill, saying to myself— I'm going to go a step further, though. I, go ahead. I, I want to go a step further, Bill, because I want you to understand the real big picture. What they're trying to do with the black narrative is define the American experiment as a failure. That way they can say, 
This whole country's been a failure. We must completely rewrite the Constitution because America was founded in evilness. Its, its founding documents are therefore evil. It hasn't worked for black people in this country. It hasn't worked for the LGBT community in this country. America's a failure. Let's rewrite everything. That's the end game. That's a very perceptive um, statement, Jason. And I'm not patronizing you. It, it's very smart. So they're using African-Americans and other groups to try to destroy traditional America. But I'll submit to you that African-Americans are helping them, generally speaking. They're buying into this. Do you see it that way? I see it. I think there's truth in what you're saying. No question about it, Bill. I, I think that people are looking at the way racism and accusations of racism are being used to acquire power. People are attracted to that. And so you're seeing a lot of black people lean into that. How can I become a victim and continue this narrative that everything about America is rigged against us and I can use that complaint and an allegation to elevate myself, to make it so that, oh, they must have me in a prominent position on this television network or in this role as a contributor on this network or they look racist. But I don't believe the overwhelming majority of black people are in support of critical race theory and this strategy, I think many people, just like black people are no different than any other group of people. They're so busy trying to pay their bills, take, take, their, take care of their kids, take care of themselves, that this thing that the cultural elites are doing, this elitist group of Ivy League educated uh, black people are getting on TV and are involved in academia and promoting this narrative, I think the great mass of black people are just too busy with their own lives to correct them and to okay. get involved in any kind of way. And so maybe, they put maybe the so, Al but, Sharptons, I, but I, I think there's more to it than that. And you're a sports guy. And so let's use a sports analogy. Yep. There's a tremendous amount of peer pressure. So if, if a conservative athlete goes into the locker room, whether he's black or white or she, and, and says, you know what, I'm not buying into all of this. That can get you ostracized on a team. That gets you critically hammered. You saw what happened to Drew Brees in New Orleans. Um, and so that peer pressure, not a, just in a locker room, but it's on the streets too. If you don't conform to the victimization narrative, you got some problems. I'll give you the last word on it. I'll say this, Bill. When you say it's on the streets, I say it's on the social media streets where there is great retribution and penalty for not towing the line. But just look at commercial hip hop music. It's not a music of victimization. You don't, the rap music isn't out saying, oh God, look what happened to me. It's actually talking about this is what I'll do to you in pursuit of financial reward and gains. And so, I think in the big tech, Silicon Valley controlled uh, social media world, yes, you are punished for not towing that line.
on the actual streets, I'm not so sure. The things that I say on my show, the things I'm saying to you, I've said in barbershops and on bar stools all across the black community. No one recoils from it. No one thinks I'm crazy for saying it. Most people nod their head in agreement. But really? over That's social media, do they do that? No. No. Yeah, because go. there's a penalty to be paid. All right, Jason, we'll continue the conversation. You're a great guest, and we really appreciate you making time for us. Thank you, Bill. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. All right, let's go on to a very interesting poll. Uh, It comes from Gallup, and it's about pot. Okay, got your attention? So the question is, have you ever tried marijuana? It's a brand new poll, okay? 1,007 adults. In 2013, the Gallup poll said 61% of Americans had not tried marijuana. 38% had. Okay, that's eight years ago. Now, 49%, half the country, has tried pot, 51% have not. I am among those 51%. I know I'm a boring guy, okay? But I am a healthy guy. And I am not a DUI guy. And I have never hurt anyone while intoxicated because I've never been intoxicated on alcohol or drugs. So my question is simple, because I'm a simple man, is getting inebriated by using marijuana good? That's simple. Is it good to get stoned? For me, it's not. Not good. Wouldn't be good for my family or friends or anybody. For you, maybe, you know, well, I want to relax. I, I don't know. I'm not making a judgment call on your life. That would be wrong and stupid of me to do, and I'm not going to do it. But is it good for public safety to have half the country involved with marijuana in addition to booze? So you got the big booze problem, and now we're getting a big shift over into pot. Not good for the country. Public safety, strength of the country? Mm, I don't think so. So there you go. This day in history, all right, August 18th, 19. 
69. Woodstock ends. So I'm sitting in a car 52 years ago with some of my thug friends. And actually, two of them were drinking beer. All right. Uh, The driver wasn't because that wasn't allowed. And I wasn't. Four of us in a car. And we were trying to figure out whether we should go to Woodstock, which was about 90 miles away. So we had the wheels. We had some money. Should we go? We decided not to go, primarily because of me. I said, look, I got to paint houses. I I can't be up there for three, four days. I'll lose a thousand bucks if I go to this Woodstock thing. I wanted to go because I thought there'd be attractive ladies there, which there were. Now, we didn't know that it was going to be crazy to get there. We had no idea. But we decided not to go. But we were close to going. So Woodstock sold 150,000 tickets. But 450,000 people showed up. And was peace and love and break down the fence, which they did. So it became a free concert and everybody poured in and then it rained, as you see these guys here. Okay. So it was an event, a cultural event that has gone down in history. Here's some uh, interesting facts about it. Um, Initial tickets were six bucks. That'd be about $75 today. Um, Three people died. Two from ODs, one run over by a tractor. Um, 5,000 medical incidents, 800 of which were drug-related. Now, remember, about 450,000 people there. That's not that many. Okay? Woodstock cost an estimated $3 million to put on, and it turned only a $2 million profit after the movie rights. So it wasn't a big moneymaker. So... Hendrix, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, Grateful Dead, Janis Joplin, Who, Santana, Blood, Sweat & Tears, Jefferson Airplane, Creedence Clearwater Revival, Sha Na Na, remember Sha Na Na? Sly and a Family Stone, Joe Cocker, and others showed up. Okay? But I didn't know this. Here's who didn't show up for the Woodstock extravaganza. Led Zeppelin, Bob Dylan, The Birds, Moody Blues, Doors, Roy Rogers. Roy Rogers was invited and didn't show up. John Lennon, Chicago, and the Rolling Stones. They were all invited, and they didn't show. Um, They probably regret it, because they all made money on the Woodstock album. Remember that? So anyway, uh, this day in history, 52 years ago, it all ended. And people still go to uh, Yazgur's Farm and Woodstock, you know, as a tourist site now, um, to see where it where it all happened. It's got to be the most um, famous or infamous uh, rock concert in history. And I'm glad I didn't go. I'm glad. I, I, I It's just the sanitary conditions, and I'm kind of a neat guy. I, I don't know. And I don't like the drugs. I never liked the drugs, and I never want to be around inebriated people. I don't really understand that. So I'm glad I didn't go. I got the album. I saw the movie. All right, quick break. We're back with a good mail segment and a final thought of the day that I think you will like. You know, I say that. It sounds so dumb. I think you'll like. I wouldn't do it if I didn't think you would like. It's about um, why America's leadership is so horrendous. There's a reason. Back in a moment. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day, and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before, and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. All right, let's get down to the mail. Bonnie. Concierge member means Bonnie has direct access to me. I think you should check it out. Concierge membership on BillOReilly.com. You'd be very happy with it. What is the answer, Bill? We have a dwindling president that is incompetent, an incompetent vice president. Then there's Pelosi. How low can we go? What's the solution? Midterms. Take the progressive power away next year, next November. That is the only solution. The folks have to rise up. Christine, President Biden has to be impeached. Christine, I laid out at the top of the program how he could be, but only if Republicans control the House and the Senate. Okay, Democrats aren't going to do that. Dan, the Taliban's message to the rest of the world, look at how we defeated the USA, come and join us. Absolutely. They're taunting us. Jeff Bentley. Marco Island, Florida, nice place. Bill, we know the Taliban has obtained a significant amount of weapons, munitions, and equipment from the USA that was abandoned. However, to your knowledge, what are the other sources of funding of the Taliban? Opium. Taliban controls the opium trade in Afghanistan. That's hundreds of millions of dollars. Always has controlled it. Um, We didn't abandon equipment to the extent that most people think. The Afghan army did. We gave the equipment to the Afghan army. They gave it to the Taliban or ran away. Debbie Greenberg, Scarsdale, New York. You criticized Donald Trump for announcing May 31st as a withdrawal date for the troops in Afghanistan. How do you know that wasn't a fake date? First of all, Debbie, I appreciate the question. All right. I'm not offended by the question, but... It's May 1st, not May 31st, that Trump decided that would be the date to pull him out. And I know what President Trump does. I I think you know that I know him pretty well, that we're going out on a history tour, which, by the way, is going to deal with a lot of this terrorism Taliban stuff. And that is in December. I hope you all uh, come and see it. Peter Delore. Melbourne, Florida. Bill, while the military was so concerned with being woke, the Taliban now has billions of new weapons paid for by the U.S. taxpayer. Perhaps the military should have been more concerned with doing the job and less concerned with all of the political stuff. Look, the military serves at the behest of the commander-in-chief, Joe Biden. He selected these woke people. 
soon as there's a new president, the woke people will leave. And then we'll get real generals. Okay, I don't want to be disparaging to Miley and these people, but look, they're not General Patton. We all know that. Charles Douglas, Darian, Connecticut, if Joe Biden's unable or unwilling to finish his presidential term, what is the order of succession? It would be, of course, the vice president. All right. And then it would be the Speaker of the House. So Biden leaves and he isn't going to. Um, then Harris takes over. She appoints a vice president, just like Gerald Ford appointed Nelson Rockefeller. And then the succession is there. If the president and vice president both get wiped out at the same time, the Speaker of the House becomes president. Ken Cartaxo, Long Branch, New Jersey. Did I hear correctly that you have never seen a conspiracy? You have. Uh, do you believe in the conspiracy to destroy President Trump by fabricating Russian collusion? Um, that was a fabrication paid for by the Clinton campaign. That's not a conspiracy. That's a crime. It wasn't like the Clinton campaign and all the press and all the Democrats got in a room and said, this is what we're going to do. That's not what happened. What happened was an illegal activity that then was put out. The press accepted it because they hated Trump. And now we have a Durham investigation. But it wasn't a conspiracy. Conspiracy is when people get together in a room and hatch a plot. That, this is a straight out crime. Paul, I enjoyed reading Killing Patton. I learned a lot about the war in the European theater and about conspiracies. Am I a conspiracy nut? Believing the auto accident which led to Patton's death was a conspiracy. It was a crime, not a conspiracy. Dugard and I believe, we can't prove it beyond a reasonable doubt, but we believe, and we put forth the documentation killing Patton, that Joseph Stalin assassinated George Patton. We believe it. But it was a conspiracy. It was an embarrassment for the USA, and that's why they didn't do an autopsy. They didn't want to find anything, and that was wrong. But again, it was a crime, assassination. Carrie Bolin, St. Joseph, Missouri, I heard you say today that you are okay with the booster shot. I received mine, but I'm having a hard time wrapping my head about a booster shot that has not been FDA approved. Okay, look. Uh, the FDA will approve these vaccines. I don't know when, but I'm not a bureaucratic kind of guy. I told you why I'm doing it. Richard Emke, Syracuse, New York. How do you decide what letters to read in your mail segment? You know, how interesting they are, how well thought out they are, if they go against me, all of that. We want to make an entertaining segment. Okay. Um, killing Crazy Horse and Killing Mob together. Buy them together, 40% off. Premium and concierge members on BillOReilly.com get even more of a discount, so we're actually giving you the books. And you'll like them. They're fun. Um, I mentioned the history tour information. December 11th, Sunrise, Florida. That's Lauderdale. 12th, Orlando, Florida. 18th, Toyota Center, Houston. 19th, American Airlines Center, Dallas. Go to BillOReilly.com. We'll hook you right over to the box office. VIP tickets are sold out, but they're in nice seats. And once we start our marketing campaign in September... Those nice seats are going to go like that. So you want to see us. This is a good time to get August. Quick break. Back with a, a final thought. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. 
the Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to the Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so I've been thinking about why we have such bad leadership in America. And the reason is that the smart people, many of them, don't want to get into politics because they're smeared on the Internet, their families are attacked. And if they have ever done anything wrong in their entire lives, that will be on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, and their lives will be a living hell. So we have the old party hacks, Biden, or the populists, Trump, that don't really have much to lose. But the up and coming younger, bright people go, do I really want to lose my life here? That's how bad it is on the internet. It's horrible until Congress passes laws, defamation laws, all right, that allow people to sue these companies for big money, even if you're famous, like the system in Great Britain, much easier to sue for defamation there than here. And that's why our leadership is terrible. We got the whole party hacks on both sides, And then we got the people who just kind of rise out of nowhere because they don't have anything to lose. I mean, how many times did Trump get slaughtered? But he had built up an immunity to it, and he was willing to go through it. So this is a country that needs to have reform, big time. You got to start with the court system. Thursday, we are going to have a special edition of the No Spin News. It's going to be on race relations that are getting worse in America. Okay, all the polls show it. And it's particularly white, black. All right, white right here, black. Remember Mark Lamont Hill? I used him a bunch of times on the fact, they're very militant. I'm gonna have him on tomorrow. And it's gonna be something. We're gonna tell you exactly what's going on. No bull. And why race relations are deteriorating in the United States of America, which is a terrible thing, by the way. It's awful. Stronger we all are individually and coming together on common ground, the stronger the nation is. So I hope you will take the time, tell your friends again, Bill at BillOReilly.com, you want to reach me. That's where I am. That's where I live. But we're going to have a really, really intense race relations show tomorrow. And you know that we're not going to pull any punches at all. Uh, Sorry about the cliche. That's true. We'll see you tomorrow.